I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Brian Taylor, are you guys familiar with other people's problems? And I don't uh, mean with that. some other people's problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah me, I was going to say. <laughs> let me be a little more specific. Uh, are you guys familiar with the podcast, Other People's Problems? Yeah, I'm not. Amazing, Lay it on me. The amazing podcast, Other People's Problems? Brian, you know what's up. Uh, yeah, Other People's Problems, a CBC podcast. Um, and we are very, very thankful and grateful to be sitting here with the producer of Other People's Problems, Jody Martinson. Uh, Jody, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners first and give us a little rundown on what Other People's Problems is all about. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's really fun to be with you. And, um, and thank you, Brian. Pay you later for what you said. Um, So uh, Other People's Problems is a CBC podcast where we put real microphones in real therapy sessions between a a terrific counselor, um, psychologist, Dr. Hillary McBride and her clients. And these are clients that she's had in her practice for for some time. So they have this pre-existing relationship. And what you're hearing is is close to a, you know, what it would sound like if the mic wasn't there. Um, Mm. and so it's really intimate access to what it looks like when people are getting help for their mental health Mm. and yeah. And it came for me, it was about, um, as a journalist who works in radio for CBC at a point, I became sort of aware that we were doing mental health stories in a really boring way or at a point where there was a crisis. So Mm. we would do these really boring awareness campaigns or we would do situations where it was just too late and it wasn't clear what you could have done. And there was just no real examination of, of mental health in the, the kind of day in and day out experience for most of us, you know, where we know that one in five Canadians have, have struggled with aspects of their mental health. And yet most of us don't really know, like, what does it actually look like to take care of your health? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what does it look like to, 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 to talk about it really openly? Cause I feel like, if there are people listening who have, who have struggled with, with really talking to anybody about their mental health at any point in time, then it would be very easy to build up a monster in your mind around how hard and challenging it would be to face or have that conversation with somebody. So to hear, to hear the reality of those conversations and, you know, hopefully they're present and I'm, I'm a, I can only imagine being presented as far less daunting as you mm. might conjure up in your mind and be incredibly helpful for people. Yeah, Talk exactly. To- Sorry, go ahead. Well, well, what I was going to say is just, you know, if, if you think about therapy, it's kind of presented in movies as, 
as one way that's sort of always, I, I don't know, it often sort of seems silly to me. Like it's always sort of overdrawn and, and very um, like almost a, a character of itself, or it's just not like, it's just not something we know about it's in, you know, a lot of journalism is about going to places that are un, underexplored, underexposed, shining a light on things that we don't know about. And here was this mm. whole aspect of sort of healthcare that most of us don't have any clue about what it actually looks like to be in therapy. And the other part of it is, you know, at, at the time when I had this idea about it, it was before there were, you know, before there were some other podcasts that we, we now have a few that are, are, you know, therapists talking to their clients, but at that time, no one was doing that. And, and what struck me was um, I had started going to some, counseling and I couldn't get over like why are they so obsessed with my emotions you know like why do they keep asking me about my emotions like just tell me what I need to do and I'll go do that or just give me the theory right I've got that you tell me the theory I'll be fine and it's it's just because like basically we have I feel like I've you know I went to school for all, all these years and I can like do some you know I could do some pre-calculus by the time I was out of grade 12 but I couldn't tell you for the life of me what an emotion actually is and why they're important to understand like that's kind of a a failure of our of our collective society yeah one of the many holes it it is crazy it is crazy the things that we learn about um in school like the the things that we prioritize in our education and the things that sort of get neglected like but you know like everybody has to do their taxes but like you'll never learn how to do them on your own in school because that Mm. would be too helpful so pay somebody else to do it, which for some reason seems to make more sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Jody, the the thing I wanted to ask right off the top is because as soon as I hear this idea, and I've talked to a good friend of mine who, who's who been going to therapy, a good friend of mine who's been going to therapy for many years, he um, talked about writing a book with his therapist, but then there was like this whole idea of like, oh, well, you know, we we're not actually allowed to share the things that we talk about in our therapy session. Like they're supposed to be private. Like it, it like there should be like some level of confidentiality. Like as soon as I hear the idea, I'm like, this is an amazing idea, but it seems like it's almost impossible to like actually put Mm -hmm. into practice. Like number one, how do you find a therapist that is comfortable even bringing that idea forward to their, their clients and talking about it? And number two, like, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, those are, those are like, that's exactly why it took a long time for us to go from idea to actually recording. Um, so first of all, I think the people that we are recording in therapy, we never really set out to record with people who are deep in a crisis. You know, we were recording with people where if I walked up to them on the street and said, Hey, you want to tell me what happens when you go to therapy and what's your story and you know, what do you struggle with when it comes to your mental health? No one would ever say, oh, that's not a person who can give really thorough consent and enthusiastic consent. You'd say like, oh, that person made a really sound decision. It's very clear that they know the ramifications of the choice they're making. So that's the first thing. But then the real, you know, challenge was finding the right therapist. And um, someone had told me about Hillary and I called her up and she, within, I think our first phone conversation was like, yep, I get it. I know what you're trying to do. I would totally believe it's important. I'm in, when are you dropping off recording equipment? (laughs) And so, um, because what she saw in it was that, um, 
you know, she said at one point something along the lines of, and I, I, I hate to speak for her, but let me tell you what I took from it. She said something to me about how part of the journey that she's trying to go on with her clients is not just about getting to them to them to a point where they can, um, they're dealing with the symptoms of their suffering, of their their pain as a human. It's about getting them past that point to a point where they're actually able to kind of advocate on behalf of the pain and and this short sort of more shared experience of that pain um, so that other people can see that, that you can come through it, that they can become um, more than just kind of coping. They can be thriving. Mm -hmm. And, and so when you start to see that, you know, it it was amazing when we first started to record um, many of the clients have come back either in their emails to me, or we even did an interview with one of the, the women and released it in, in the podcast feed. And they've said things like, wow, you know, I'm really proud of that moment. And I remember that in therapy. And I'm really proud now to share that with somebody or to just listen to it myself and, and know how much work it took for me to get to that point in my life where I could deal with, with that or say that about my experience. And so it's been very cool to see that for a lot of people, it's actually been, um, it seems like it has been a very good experience to be part of the, the podcast for their own healing. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like I would, I would, I would sign up for an experience like, like that. I think like I've been, I started going to therapy last year and I say this probably every, like, I I think I'm at once a month now on the podcast where I talk about it, but, uh, (laughs) this is your allotted, this is your allotted one time a month guys. I'm just going to take this for a second. (laughs) Um, and, and, uh, therapy has been life changing for me and I didn't, I didn't go initially because I was in a crisis or felt like I really, needed to work on anything in particular. But when I went there and started to, you know, explore my mental health and my past and, you know, the habits that I have and why I do the things that I do. And I started to open up all these doors that became these different sort of areas that I like to explore within myself. And, and I've been learning a lot about myself and why I do the things that I do, Uh but it's not, like I imagine that being a type of experience that would be more in line with like something that you would you would feel comfortable sharing with with your therapist and with you know a bunch of listeners as opposed to like a situation where you know you're in an extreme crisis and mm. you're trying to figure you know that out and just get to the next day so let alone let alone knowing that you're being recorded to yeah. kind of um piggyback on on that um i like what is the what is the, um, I think, I think this is partly answered already in, in the, in what you said about the people that are, that are involved, the people that are, that are involved in being recorded, that they are in that place where, you know, they're not in crisis and, 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 um, it's a different, it's a, it's a specific type of, um, of, uh, of place that the, that the people that are involved are in. Um, but I was, I was watching a show the other day, Brian, this is going to be a total spoiler for you. So you can plug yours if you want. I was watching uh, Mr. Robot the other day and there's an episode where he, it, where main characters is being forced into a conversation with his therapist. And this is because there's, you know, a bad person that wants to extract some information. And anyway, and the therapist is, is, is in that, in this scene is, is going, this isn't how this works. Like, because you are here, the goal is unattainable. And, um, 
kind of and kind of just like lays this this like really interesting groundwork for like the just the idea that if somebody is privy to whatever the conversation is that it changes it's almost like like quantum mechanics like if you look at it it changes it's like if you look at it it will behave differently just by nature of 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 there being an observer so what are the challenges or like what have you heard from the therapist side um and from the and from the um the patient side as like hurdles uh, or challenges to get over knowing that these are recorded conversations and you know that they're going to be accessible to uh, to people out there well so a few things and and just to fill out a little bit more around how we do this in a way that feels ethical and legal <laughs> to us um so first of all nobody people use a pseudonym so you don't have their name and i mm-hmm. edit out anything that would be identifying like um, any name of any other person they use or the place they work or anything that would really like give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, the second, the other thing is that we take the audio, I edit it into a shorter version and then I send it back to them and say, okay, here's, you know, you were in therapy, just being in therapy. And now you get to take a listen as a mm. person who's outside mm. ears, like listen this time and tell me if you're okay with us continuing to work on this session. And then if they say yes, we record the narration and we make a final mix of the podcast episode. And then I send it back to them again. And so they get to hear Hillary's narration, how the music is used, and they can come back at that point and say, yeah, I'm good with it being released publicly or no, I don't want this to be released publicly. Mm. And that's like, that's pretty unusual for the CBC to offer that kind of a consent process, but we offered it out of a recognition that we were getting really extraordinary access to, um, to something we wouldn't have access to otherwise. And right. in exchange Ooh. offered this extraordinary consent process. Mm. And so, um, so what's been cool is, is largely people by the time, you know, if they've signed off on that initial experience of being recorded, they've signed off on the first time listening back with, with fresh ears and then they sign off on the final, like we, it's been very smooth. We've had a couple of times where someone wanted one particular detail out for some kind of legal reason or something like that. Mm. Um, but largely we've, we've had a really smooth process. Mm. And I think it's because there's been like a really gradual consent. It's not like you're, you're in. And if we get you on tape, mm. we're going to go That's after it. you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I also think we've think had a very similar I, experience with our podcast as well. Like there's, yeah, really, yeah. I, I was thinking I was, the same thing. Yeah. I was going to say like with that, you know, we've had uh, almost over 300 conversations now on the podcast with folks who live with, you know, a a wide array of illnesses. And one thing that I I think is pretty safe to say is that that experience for them, although it, although it, (laughs) we most certainly are not therapists, um, that experience can be very therapeutic and very cathartic. And I know that I can speak on behalf of the three of us when I say that there's been a lot of takeaways for us in in being a part of those conversations um, and and you know it, the editing process going back listening through those conversations, um, which makes me kind of curious to know from 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 you uh, how how what ha- what like what are some takeaways that you've had from from listening in to, to these, these people's therapy sessions, like, are there, is there any particular episode that sticks out to you? Something that, that really kind of took you by surprise? 
Oh my gosh. So many. I mean, I think one of the biggest parallels that I see in, for me personally, I became a mom shortly after this pitch got approved by CBC and we started trying to do it and um, found, found Hillary and Hillary has a background in um, like, she really got her start. Her first clinical stuff in Vancouver was with a midwife clinic. And so Mm -hmm. She had a lot of clients who were um, in this postpartum period and struggling with their mental health or had had a traumatic birth experience or something like that. And here I was, you know, a mom of a brand new baby getting these sessions. And just because of how, how inertia, like many of her clients were still those, those people. And they were still talking about their experiences as moms or as, um, as, you know, having gone through the experience of a, a birth that, was uh, was traumatic. And so I couldn't get over, like, I just loved to listen to them because they were so honest about mm-hmm. the experience of parenthood. And there's a lot of baloney. Like when you start talking to, to moms, especially I was part of a, a, a mom group at the time. And mostly we were very supportive of each other, but it was pretty easy to get into the zone of competition. Like like whose kid was walking first, whose kid was, and it would every once in a while, there'd be this moment where someone would say something very honest, like I'm worried about this with my kid or my relationship to my kid's father is starting to fall apart or whatever. There'd be some kind of moment of honesty and everyone would get more real (laughs) with each other. So I think there was this amazing parallel for me personally in that so many of the, um, clients that Hillary has had have gone through very profound experiences Mm. related to becoming a parent. And I was simultaneously going through that myself, Mm. figuring out Mm. a lot more about me because I don't know, in my experience, kids push you to um, push you to your core, right? Like they see you, Mm. they, they bring out the part of you (laughs) that you can hide at work on a good day that you can. And so you have to be, um, you know, I think so much of parenthood is about like emotional regulation You're of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet, you know, I, I don't think we talk about that popularly. Like that's not the banter that you have with other parents when you chit chat at work or at the playground. It's kind of like the, the social media effect. Like everybody's trying to portray their lives in in like the best way possible all the time. Um, maybe, maybe that's a bit of a a stretch that people are trying to do that all the time, but I feel like there is this sort of like spinoff from the way that we try to portray our lives on Mm -hmm. social media to like the, the conversations that we actually have in the real world. And it, it, I don't think it's becoming increasingly rare to have these authentic and vulnerable conversations. I think if anything, we're starting to have them more, but it is, it is really, it, it it brings this like incredible amount of connection when you're able to speak to someone on a really personal and, and, and vulnerable level. And it sometimes doesn't even have to be you having that conversation. It could just be listening to it. Yeah. That makes I mean, you it, feel like you're you, not alone. When you, uh-huh. know, when, when it's like how incredible it is what you just said there about, um, you know, when somebody, when you see somebody take their mask off and, 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 uh, you know, be open with something that's really, that's really hard and challenging. It is like, that is the permission that everybody else needs that a lot of other people need to do the same because it is like, it's, it's like a trigger of, of, Oh wow. 
that that was they just said something that right before they said that I would have never said that. I can think of moments like I that. <laughs> I can think of moments like that in our in our friend group when like we're we're hanging out together and then somebody just says this like really vulnerable thing and it's almost like there's this collective sigh where we're just like <laughs> Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about this other thing too. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Gloves are off. Jody, um, what has what has your own personal experience been like uh, with therapy? I, I take it. I take it diving into this project. Like you, you must have some experience with therapy yourself. <laughs> yeah well there you go this we, I knew that would be one of your questions for sure. I knew you would let me get off without answering that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, and, and I, and, you know, to your point, like all of the things you're saying too, like, I feel like almost everything I'm saying, it could be like, well, as you know, from your experience with your podcast, it, it, is, <laughs> yeah. it does strike me that a lot of the territory we're treading is really similar um, in terms of these experiences that are kind of under, we don't talk enough about and yet are shared so widely by people and mm. have all these interesting little corners that you can look into. Um, my experience with therapy was like, I, I didn't need therapy, right? I didn't mm-hmm. think I, <laughs> yep. I was like, nope, I don't, I, that must be something that's for <clears throat> extreme cases. That must be something that's over there because I was raised and grew up in our culture where we, yeah, like I said, like we were super good at math and science and all these, these sorts of things in school. And we're very focused on doing X, Y, and Z. And then you're, you know, that makes you a good person and all of this. And so I was very focused on all of that my whole life. And um, really didn't start even thinking about going to therapy because I didn't think it would benefit me. I didn't think I needed it. And then um, I started going with uh, my my romantic partner. And like that was largely just to try to figure out, well, we have this one recurring fight. Like, what is that about? Can mm. we just figure that out? And then you start to peel back the layers and it's like, oh, all of these complex parts. And I remember the first couple of times in therapy being kind of frustrated because it costs a lot of money. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, they're talking, we were talking about very basic ideas of like, well, mm. tell me how you feel right now when you talk about that. And I was like, well, I don't care. Like, I don't care about the name of the feeling. Why, you know, I just didn't understand what we were trying to even accomplish with it. And I think I, that's where I started to say to myself, like, why don't I know that? Like, mm. why, why am I paying a few hundred dollars to sit for an hour and have someone tell me or get me to feel these like very, you know, I just sort of was frustrated by the, um, my experiences to date that had so horribly prepared me for interpersonal relationships and for, um, challenges in life, you know, like we, we really, we really don't as a culture, um, or at least as my culture, I, I just really felt like that was missing. And so that was my initial experience with therapy. And that was where I was like, we've got to start doing some of this on the radio yeah. so that yeah. if you don't have a couple hundred bucks to drop mm-hmm. every few weeks with a therapist, you can have access to it, but also to even expose like why, why this matters, you know, why does it, why does this, um, this kind of work that is done behind closed doors and therapy offices, um, matter and what does it look like and what's the kind of goal of it um so that was that was where I started and since then I you know I've continued to um go to therapy you know not like and I wouldn't say I go every week or but I certainly have a therapist that I I really uh, I just feel so lucky to have her in my life and 
go through periods of time where I see her every few weeks and mm. work through, through some things. And it, it, it's been profound. It's funny. It's funny that you say that because you, you're reminding me of, of a personal experience that I had that was very similar in that um, I never really sought out therapy, never really quote unquote needed therapy. And then uh, my wife and I started seeing a couples therapist went for the exact same reason that you were having the same kind of fight all the time, go to see this therapist. And I remember one time when we were in there with him, he, like he was, he wanted to know about like my, my history with my parents. And I was like, what the fuck does this have to do with her and I? Like, this is about our relationship, not my parents and my relationship. That couldn't possibly be related yeah. at all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, and then it dawned on me like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Like this is, this is much, this runs much deeper than just the communication that I'm having with Bridie. This is, this is how I, you know, th- this is, this boils down to the, the way I've been taught to communicate or the way or the, my, my vast history of communication that has, that has been, you know, that has been dawned on me just be, just by virtue of mm. my, my upbringing. So I find, and, and it was like, that was the moment too, where I went, Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Therapy isn't, therapy is good for everyone. I think but, there's, there's room for it for everyone. But Jody, you, you said, um, you like, it's, it almost sounded like your experience wasn't, like super positive with therapy at at first like what what was it that sort of reframed the the way that you looked at therapy was it was it did it have to do with the progress you were making well I mean I think it was positive it was I I I do think actually it was positive right from the beginning it was just I think similar to um you know to what I've kind of been saying and and certainly to like to Jeremy, what you're describing, it it was more this idea that, um, that I was just frustrated that I didn't like, I felt like I was starting so late. (laughs) Like like it was more that, um, that I felt like I should be coming in, you know, as a person who, Mm. who, um, really wanted to be there. I felt frustrated by the pace and I sort of wished like, Oh, I wish I could have more, just more foundation coming into this and so Mm. that I could, you know, it's, it's also, I do, I do actually really believe that the money aspect of accessing therapy is something we, we need to think about. And a big part of what I'm up to with this podcast and certainly something that I think um, Hillary shares is this like, you know, that there's a role for getting this information out or getting this, a representation of what this can look like and what, what access to, to a good therapist can do for you. You know, mm. um, I, I think that was another part of it that was just really hard for me. I, I was aware when I would pay the check or send the e-transfer or whatever, that that was just, I was lucky. I was fortunate. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough.
Mm. Well, we talked um, about on the podcast uh, uh, not that long ago about just the idea. And like, this is, you know, we're, we're not, uh, we're not uh, accountants and, and, or legislators <laughs> or anything <laughs> very far from it. But we had the conversation on the podcast about like, you know, w- like, is there a, is there a time in the, is there a time in the future where, where, you know, um, like a certain amount of, uh, of like psychological, um, services will be provided to you in the same way that like your emergency room costs are covered when you go to the hospital as a Canadian. And, and what does that, what does that look like? And is that a, is that a basic service? Because like when you were talking before Jody and sort of what you mentioned there, Jer is like, is it, it remind it just reminds me of like that we are not, you know, we go to school and we throw everybody into this melting pot and we go like, well, we're just going to put you all together. And, and while we teach you math and science and, you know, like a little bit of French or a little bit of English, depending on where you're from, like, you're going to just learn to be a human on your own in this melting pot of, of it with everybody else. And you'll, you'll get it. And it's like, well, you'll get, you'll get some of it, but like, there's so much of it that you are not getting because you can't possibly just the way that you need somebody to teach you how to do math. Like there, you know, you do really need somebody to really bring you along more specifically, I think, rather than just kind of, you know, telling somebody that you're not supposed to hit them when you hit them at school. Um, you know, you need somebody to, 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 that is, that is there, I think in the, in the school system to, to talk more about that. And like, again, this, it's total conjecture. Like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe that is something that's happening more these days because we are having these conversations more and more about how important mental health is and how important, you know, emotional awareness and emotional intelligence is. So maybe that is happening. But, well, and you'll see like a lot of what Hillary does. And I, I think what good therapists do is sit with you in your hard moments, like sit with you through your, com- your complex or your hard to feel emotions <clears> and <throat> show you that you're not going to be alone when you're sad or when you're sharing something that makes you feel shame, um, that you're still able to feel connected to your therapist, able to feel connected to this person who believes you're a good person, who's, who's mm. still like in the room and not running away from you. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, like, if you think about so much of, how many of us perhaps experienced experienced emotions as as kids like how many of us had time out or got a spanking like those were all reactions to us being angry sad hurt frustrated Mm. now what a lot of the therapy work that I hear Hillary doing with her clients it's like oh you feel sad I'm not going to banish you to another room. I'm not going to make it about me. I'm not going to be scared of it. I'm going to ask you questions and, and let you sit about your sad. I'm going to sit here and feel your sad with you and try to just be, see that you're not alone, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Like I, it sounds so, um, the way I'm describing it sounds too simple, I'm sure, but also isn't that a, a kind of beautiful thing to take in the rest of our lives. And it sure helped me understand a bit more about sort of the, the goal of parenting for me, you know, Mm. as imperfect as, as all parenting is, um, it sure helped me understand a little bit more about 
what it, what friendship can look like. Like, I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. that's part of your, your story, the three of you, it's yeah. not about fixing or ignoring. It's about like, at your best moments as friends, I'm yeah. sure you've mm-hmm. asked each other, like, Oh, can you tell me more about that? And that must really suck. Mm-hmm. I had a, uh, I had a, I had a, I had a moment not that long ago with one of my nephews, um, where, you know, he did something to his younger brother that he shouldn't have done. And, 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 and like the, you know, he, and he knew that, you know, it's one of the, one of those things that kids do, they do something, they know, like, they know the second that it has been done, that it was a bad idea. And, and immediately it was, it's like a, it's like a, there's a, there's like a, there's a fear of, there's a fear of like the, of the, of the consequence. And, and I just kind of sat with him and was like, Hey, you did that thing. And, and, you know, I know that you, I know that you did it on purpose and like, that's okay. I want you to just like, tell me like why you did it. And then, and then if you, if you tell me like, if you understand why you shouldn't do it in the future, and like, I'm not mad at you and I'm not upset with you and I don't blame you for it. Like I was, your, I was a kid. I get it. I did a lot of things like that. Just like, tell me what, and, and it was really, really hard just to get past the, the, to go to the like admitting phase that he did it on purpose. Like just like, just that part. But like, once we got to that, it was like, it was like, oh, okay. I can admit that I did that. And I'm not going to, you know, receive this like totally life-changing punishment that I'll never be. And, and, and it really like opened up we were able to have like a, a better conversation about what, like mm-hmm. why that he shouldn't do that in, in the future. And instead of feeling fearful of, instead of feel, feeling that, instead of going into it, like another emotion of fear, uh, as a result of, you know, being upset. Yeah, now he's just really, afraid really of. Fun. Now he's just afraid of getting interrogated by you next time he does it. Well, the other, yeah, <laughs> the other thing, Taylor, that you left out that you left out from that, which you told because you told me that story the other day, and I thought it was really sweet. But the thing that you left out, which you told me, was the only reason you didn't spank him is because it wasn't your kid, right? So, so that's the I think that's <laughs> right. the, the big yeah. part yeah. that that. That I think right. everyone should remember is that Taylor, <laughs> right. you know, Taylor. That's the takeaway. That's the takeaway <laughs> from this story. That's the takeaway. You're going to remember anything, make it of the that. podcast. Yeah. I was surprised yeah, that you yeah. also bought him a bunch of donuts afterwards, which was just seemed weird. It was just no, really, I know, probably confusing I know. I for him too. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I don't know. That uh, was Kyla. Um, Kyla sends mixed signals. <laughs> Jody, I had a, I had, I had one more question about, like, I, I imagine we've already talked about like the, the, your experience of, of like listening to these conversations, but I'm, I'm curious, like, like a, I'm imagining like a, a professional hockey player watches tape of a, of another team before they, they, um, play against each other. Like when you listen to these conversations, does it give you some insights and some like tricks or tips for when you're going into your own therapy sessions? Like how you're going to talk about the, the, uh, the tricks. challenges that, that you, you have in your life. <laughs> I'm looking for the, the hacks, the therapy yeah. hacks. Yeah. Okay. The way to weasel out of this. Yeah. Five moment. easy ways. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about how you, how, how you get deeper into the moment in a way that's maybe, uh, less anxiety inducing. Yeah, I mean, I think what 
what I've noticed is almost all of the sessions, no, all of the sessions, there's some part of it that you, you think like, oh, I have nothing in common with this person or their experience. And then you're listening, you're like, oh, it's just like when, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like me. <laughs> um, like we called it other people's problems and it's so tongue in cheek. Like they are other people's problems, but of course there's so much about once you strip away the circumstance, there is something so universal in, in the experiences that, that people are sharing. Um, and the reviews are kind of interesting too, because it's full of people saying, Oh my goodness, when so-and-so said this, I connected all these dots in my own story. So -hmm. people are having, and I certainly have had these experiences where there's something I'm sort of stewing on and then I'll, be editing a session and there'll be a moment and it's there the session is about these this other circumstance but it's about this kind of you know tool or tech this this way that the person in therapy is using to protect themselves say you know they're Mm. they make um they kind of run away from friendship or they make there's some kind of thing that they're doing that's keeping them from being connected and vulnerable with the people they they love and i'm like oh it's just like when I did this or when that person did that to me, maybe it was about actually like being scared or so I'm having those experiences all the time. And yeah. And the reviews are interesting because they're full of people saying things like there was one very early on of a a person who said I had to go cry in the shower because it connected so many dots for me. But I think what Hillary would say is that the experience of listening to other people's therapy is not therapy per se. Like a lot of what, what the, the podcast allows you to do is, um, you can feel for someone else and you can also see how a good therapist works with someone. Um, and you will like learn a lot about yourself through it, but there, like, I think a lot of what, what Hillary is doing in therapy and what a lot of good therapists do is kind of put you in a position where you practice feeling. Mm. And that's probably something you can't really replicate. Um, and that, that way. And I do, I mean, I think the other thing that's really special about about Hillary and what she's been able to do with this is these are not like a lot of the, there's a few other therapy podcasts and what they do is have a kind of, you know, celebrity therapist and you get a chance to spend an hour with that person or whatever. And that's the exchange. (laughs) But these are like, these are real clients of Hillary's that she's had for a long Mm -hmm. time. And so we're actually hearing them midway through their process. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't end up being like, there's lots of times where I'm editing and I can't figure out, so who did what to whom and what? And in the end, it's actually really not about that. Like, it's about the the part of it that becomes quite extraordinary to listen to is the real tender relationship between Hillary and her mm-hmm. client. And it's just amazing sometimes to hear someone like Hillary who has worked so hard to be able to be present and to have all these techniques and all this training that she brings to the table, but then it's also just like a really special person and a really good therapist. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's extraordinary to hear how comfortable she is with whatever people are bringing into her and how, how um, I, I think it's kind of an extraordinary thing to hear and not something most of us ever hear, right? Like that's yeah, not right. how we interact with each other. And, um, so it's, so that's been, I mean, that's just so cool to get to mm-hmm. hear. I mean, we hear on the podcast, like th- that is for, since day one of doing the podcast, anytime we've talked to anybody who has gone through anything where they have sought um, therapy, it's the relationship with the therapist. It is the, 
you know, it's the, it's the, you know, I, I went here, I went there and then I found so-and-so and like, that was when things clicked. Like therapy didn't make sense until, until the relationship with the, with the person that I was talking to mm. clicked. And like that, that aspect has like, has been, has like always risen to the top for, for the five years for every single episode that we've ever talked to anybody about, about uh-huh. therapy. Mm. <laughs> Um, you, you've kind of scratched the surface a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what the, like, how has the podcast been received? Mm. Yeah. What a surprise it's been. So, I mean, I, I thought it was a good idea. I also thought obviously, and I also was really excited about what it could mean for some people. And, um, but if I'm honest with you, when I was first working on it, I thought, oh, is this going to be kind of niche? Like, is there going to be a large audience for this? And not to say that, like, obviously all of us um, benefit from any conversation about our mental health, but I was a bit worried about that. Like how, how, uh, and so many podcasts are so like zippy and <laughs> and cynical and what we were making was so earnest and so authentic and much more a documentary in style, you know, like a fly mm-hmm. on a wall sort of approach. And so I was a bit nervous about how it would be received. And I like much to my surprise, we released it three years ago or so and just watched it like rise in the Apple chart of podcasts to number one in Canada. And then it sat Ooh. there for many, many weeks. Like, I think I actually think it's, you know, it's not really because sometimes it's just momentum and something new gets to number one. But it, what was mo- meaningful to us as a team was that it sat there. Like it, 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 it stayed in this position, these positions of, of like lots of people were downloading it and listening to it. And since then we've kept an eye on, on the numbers as best we can. And, uh, you know, what I'm, what's meaningful to me is that it, it continues to grow in terms of its audience mm. weekly. Um, it, it seems like people don't listen to the first minute, like once they're in, they're in, mm. there's no one episode that, outranks the other episodes like they're they're fairly um they're they're pretty even so you're <laughs> people are like listening to all of it or or you know there's no kind of like one episode that makes it seem like it it did better so those are some of the things i know about how well it's done it's 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 way outlived and mm. out expanded and um the things that we hear from people like we have a facebook group that um, people can ask to join and just the other day we asked um, people to just explain like why they were listening or how they came to it and it was just person after person and so many of them in the mental health field who have used Hillary or have used the podcast to help hone their skills or um, it's been really cool like I don't know. It's the, I, when I see, sometimes I'll, you know, look on Twitter and try to just search to see what people have said about it. Not to us, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like it's, it sounds like it's something that people need, you know? And I, and I think, I think that's safe to say that these are conversations that, uh, that, that, that people need to hear. These are conversations that are needed to be, not only need to be had, but need to be heard. And, and, um, and kudos to you. This is that's I'm really that that's that's really awesome that there's like a, a growing community there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I remember one time uh, a producer told me like, "Oh, it's like a mandate, like it's a, a project we as part of our mandate." And I really turned it around in my head. Like, is that it? What do you mean? You know, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, is that some? Is that code for 
you know, like medicine that you have to take, like what, (laughs) what does that mean? (laughs) But what I think what it meant was that it's, it's like truly something you can, that has been successful, but also that you like, you cheer for, like, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily, um, there's lots of stuff that gets successful, gets high, high amounts of listenership that you're like, ah, take it or leave it. Like, did it make a difference in the world? And it's been, it's been really, it's been super great to be part of it, but then to also see that it's, had a, had a large listenership. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that, uh, Jody, that you took time out of your day to sit down and, and offer us a little more insight into, uh, other people's problems. Um, this, I'm really stoked about this podcast and I know that this is going to be right up the alley of all of our listeners. So thank Mm -hmm. you for taking time out of your day today to sit down and chat with us. It really, really did mean a lot. It really was my pleasure and, and same, same to you, like vice versa. <laughs> if you like, if you like other people's problems, you, you really like what you guys are doing too. Thanks Congrats Judy. on your podcast. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks Judy. That is it for today. Thank you so much everybody for tuning in. If you like what you heard, make sure that you share our podcast with your friends. We love those extra ears. Sick Boy Podcast is a Snack Labs production. It is produced by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, Brian Stever, and Lauren Sankey. Sound design is coming to you from Donovan the Meerkat Morgan. The music of the show is from our friend Rich O'Coin. And Sick Boy Podcast is managed by Jeffrey Lonis. That is it for today. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.